Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Cape podcast. This week we are on episode number 26 and would you believe it is the final episode of season one. I can't actually believe that I've got here and yeah it's just amazing like I was like what how is it six months I'm just like I can't believe I started this in January and I was just like wow you know just going week and week and week and week um so I am going to take a break uh after this episode um like some annual leave (laughs) for two weeks and um just it'll be really good to just reflect and take some time off from the podcast obviously I'm night and day uh, other other kinds of work but um it'll just be I suppose it'll free up extra space for me to think about really what I'm putting out there and it's been really great this week because um on Instagram I got such great feedback and I just want to say thanks to everybody who did reply to all of the questions on the stories because it really helps me and like if I can you know it helps me then I can help you so that I can really like deliver the right message and what people want and it was great because you know the podcast really focuses on um, like adventures and, and the planet and all of it and the biodiversity and for me like nature is everything um and of course like interlinked our well-being reflecting the planetary health so the whole thing is interlinked but it was great to see like when I asked about what topics and um like most of the votes um were for just keep all of it like all the subject areas that's cool um but I just want to say thanks to everybody who took the time to vote. And as well, like if you still have any feedback um, or you'd like to let me know what you've enjoyed or what you would like to hear about or even some improvements, um, that would be great. And yeah, because like with a podcast as well, it's not like you're going into a classroom doing a talk or like you're... You know what I mean? Like in the past when I would have been in a, ro- a classroom or something like that or on Zoom or something, you, you get feedback and you get the visuals and you get the facial expressions and you can see all of it. Whereas at a podcast, you just record <laughs> and then it's gone and you're like, OK, goodbye. Let's let's see what happens. But you don't really know. So that's why it's so important to get the feedback. Um and the reviews, obviously, like I, I thank all of you as well for the reviews. So basically, that's just an update from me um, on that front. And also patrons, I will be over to you on the Patreon uh, page or the app. And um, if you do want to keep up to date or support this podcast, you can join as a patron and help spread the message and help me on my work and support me to do it. Um, and that would be greatly appreciated. So, guys, today we are arriving into Isabella Island, which is the largest island of the Galapagos. And the last couple of weeks we were in um, uh, San Cristobal, then Santa Cruz. We had a little visit to Santa Fe 
And then Isabella Island was kind of the final spot. But then I did actually return to San Cristobal once again because um, it just felt like home there, you know. And my plane was all sort of there. So today I will take you through some of the adventures I had there. I spent around a week or so there. And um, I'll take you through some of the areas I stayed and, and yeah, like the adventures around the island. It's a miraculous place and... I think it was my favourite really out of the islands in one way, but also like you'd have to be very comfortable in yourself to be in an island where there's really not much going on, you know, like I mean, like, uh, like immersion to the fullest in nothingness, because there's only a small few people living there. There's only a small couple of tourists that go there. Well, I mean, it's more popular now, but it wouldn't be like the other islands, you know, that are populated. So it's very much you land in and you're like, whoa. You know, it's like sandy, sandy dust tracks. Like there's no influence of, um, like you barely find roads there. Well, you do have a bit of a road from the port, but like it's really old style and it's absolutely crazy, amazing, beautiful. Um, so I'll take you around there and also I would like to um, talk a bit about the bees and it was great as well one of the feedback and the stories was somebody asked about um, uh, like the topics when I was asking and they were like oh beekeeping for beginners and that was really cool as well so thanks for that suggestion and I'll continue to share bits about the bees because this is actually a really like exciting journey and I'm just I'm just fascinated by them and I'll, I'll talk a bit about what went on this week with the bees as well and um, let y'all know because it's just like uh, at the start when I looked into hives I was like what's this like what's going on and it's just like such a cool world inside the hive and, and the whole pollination process and you know being the basis of our food system and yeah it's just incredible to learn all about it so guys let's get going so Isabella Island is very special in terms of its wildlife species, um, its landscape and um, just the whole feel of it. It feels completely different to the other islands, way more like back in the day and um, like how it was formed was from volcanoes basically. So there's about six volcanoes on the island and you can visit you can do a trek around one um but basically it was formed when they you know came up out of the ocean and and land formed from the the lava spewing um so it's super super unique place and um like you can spend time on the lowlands and the highlands but a lot of the island like like most people would not even venture up into the other parts of the island because it's really kind of inaccessible and like it's very arid and barren when you go out into the highlands like we had a day trip up there with a local and it was just it was just class like what we did it was amazing and so grateful for that like that we got to go up there with a local like you know and we worked on his on his piece of land so it was kind of interesting um but like in terms of the wildlife, like say like the tortoise, like they do have a breeding centre there as well. And I did visit that a day. Um, it's just like a walk out of the town. And again, I was with Noelia, the girl I told you about in the other episodes. Um, we went to that 
a tortoise centre um, out of town and it's so amazing because the tortoise is on Isabella like there's like five I think it's five or six I think it's five different species um, on that island alone and that's so cool because like what we learned was that each volcano back in the day uh, when it when it was all forming that like the tortoises would have kind of evolved around the volcanoes or lived around them and there would have been like these kind of spikes you know the way like around a volcano it's all kind of um the rocks can be very spiky you know and that it would have meant that the tortoises would have actually stayed around a particular volcano and had their home there so they wouldn't have like interbred or like they would have stayed segregated and that left the species like as in that's why there's so a couple, few different varieties there um, because they didn't meet one another they stayed alone on their spots on their homes you know so you can see again like the theory of evolution how it all occurred you know like and it would have been the same with like islands separated by water this was just that they couldn't cross like the landscape so they stayed alone and, and there was no interbreeding so it's really cool that way and you know again at the breeding centre we were able to witness baby hatchlings and the big ones and you know there's just like you know you watch them nesting and yeah it's just so cool um, another place we visited on the way out to the breeding centre was the flamingo pools and they're like the largest um, population of flamingo on the islands and yeah there's just so many of them and they'd be just they're really kind of chilled aren't they flamingos like you just watch them and they just eat the crustaceans and I read somewhere actually that that's why their colour is pink because they eat the crustacean so that's kind of interesting I wonder if we ate <laughs> enough crustaceans would our skin turn pink um, yeah funny though and we also visited um so you have like the long beachfront oh my god it's just spectacular like it's definitely the best beach i saw on any of the islands um puerto villamil and and the beachfront is just like you just you walk out from the main street which is like tiny you know um and you're just like whoa and it's a couple of kilometers long and then at the end of it like you'd see surfers and marine iguanas again and it's just like it's amazing like like one night we were like we went for a walk down the end of the beach and like we were just like down where the marine iguanas were watching the surfers la -da -da. and then after like it got really dark and we were walking back and like the whole sky was like clear with stars i i like I felt like I had never seen that many stars and I was like no alia I was like oh my god look at that like we were literally staring at the sky walking all the way back to town and you have that feeling that like there's just nobody there like complete isolation um and as well like even looking at the sand where there was like um you know still still kind of water from the ocean just there like you know an inch you know like that little puddle that you'd see and the the reflection of the sky onto that was just like, it was like you either look at the sky, you see the stars, or you look down at the sand and you see all the glistening stars and you're like, am I looking at the sky or the water below? It's just like, 
that reflection is just amazing like you know and then like our house um i have never seen or stayed in a house like it in my whole life it was basically a lava house and and it was handmade kind of a thing you know like everything was sourced by kind of the people who lived in the house it was just it was amazing like and this was couch surfing again um and like the owner of the house like he also had a company um where we like ended up I ended up kind of well helping out there and doing a bit of work um it was called paddle to the penguins and it was super cool like so basically what we would do is get in a kayak so you get all the kayak gear ready you know life jacket etc and then we had a group of tourists come and I was yeah like so we were we'd kayak out into the harbour and then we'd go around these kind of like mangrove forests and just observe like the different colours of the trees and just observing the ecosystem and how it works as a whole and then like we we did like a snorkel after but on our way out like we got to observe different like different colonies of the Galapagos penguin and the penguin like lives on Isabella which is just it's so crazy to see a penguin this far north you know but it, it survives like the water is cool as I said before like the currents there it's a cold current coming in so they're allowed to survive you know um, it's adapted like to that environment but again like you know warming temperatures etc like we don't know for the future you know and if there's an El Nino like you just you just don't really know so you have to really appreciate all these beautiful species as they are when they are because you know the, our planet is changing um, and yeah I suppose being aware of that and it increases the appreciation of it because you, everything is kind of finite in a way and and it is like our time here is finite like I'm not going to live forever here <laughs> so like and, and it's not in a morbid way like it's actually in a way to feel gratitude like to have this beautiful life and to really like live every day and appreciate the life you have and, and, and all the surroundings and just how amazing it is to have the chance to come on the earth and experience the beauty of it because um, it's like one in like the chance of you or I coming here is like one in four bazillion trillion million thousand something like this you know something crazy it's not even like you can't even put it into a number or stat because it's totally not even barely possible so today if you're listening um, just appreciate your life and the existence that you have here and um also like what nature is doing for you um, because we wouldn't be here without nature and um, it's that understanding of how it all works and our breath is from the trees it's from the the ocean algae like there's no way we'd be here without nature and the way we destruct it is something else Um, we destroy it in a way which seems like we're living that we can live without it you know there's no way man can fabricate nature to mimic it or anything like that you know as I say about the pollinators there's no way a human can go around and pollinate like flowers flowering plants or chocolate or like the coffee plant or the the seed or 
you know, the avocado, like all of it. There's no way man can do that, like. And the sooner, like, I definitely think awareness is growing on, you know, how it all works and we have to appreciate it and we have to protect it because it's really not fair on the next generation, you know. So anyways, about the penguins, um, they are amazing and, you know, part of their the work of this um, company is to show people basically the species, how they live, where they live, what they like to eat um, and, uh, yeah, just spread the awareness of the protection they need. Um, and, like, it was so cool, like, we got to observe them up on the rocks and then towards the end we kayaked out to this area where there was coral, uh, beautiful coral. Um, so the island is so cool because up on the highland you might have lava lava landscape and um, volcanoes and aridness and, and then you come down and you see corals and mangrove forests and lush greenery and it's it's just phenomenal. But anyway, so we dived into the water then for a little snorkel and there was just turtles everywhere. I was just like, oh my God, turtles, 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 like huge ones, like their backs the size of half your sofa, like they're huge. Um, and yeah, and they're, yeah, like super, I just was like, oh my God, the size of them. And then at one stage, I remember being under the water and looking and all I saw was a penguin come flying down, shoot across the underwater, like the underworld. And just grab a fish and come back up. And I was like, whoa, 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 what just happened? You know, it was like, you know, something happened so fast and you don't even get a t- chance to digest what happened. And I was like, whoa. And then I had just this immense joy. I was like, that was incredible. That was insane. That was amazing. Um, yeah, it was cool. So I got to see the penguin go fishing uh, at super high speeds. Um, they're just amazing, like, you know, and would have seen that as well in Antarctica. Um and well I wouldn't have been really under the water for long there just that one time I jumped in but like you wouldn't have been able to see the penguins really fishing underwater or you know but they do this class diving and they look like they're flying like it's class super class um but yeah another day I went to an area known as Concha de Perla which is where we went snorkeling and super close to our lava house our lava house was so funny um, it was built on lava rocks, like, and then it was all wood, you know, it was like two or three floors. So the first floor had like a kitchen area and bedrooms and a shared bathroom. And then the top floor was wooden again. It was kind of like a huge decking. And then we had a tent up there, me and Noelia, and we were sharing a little bed. Like, it wasn't even like a bed. It was like, sorry, it was like a mattress the size of, it was like a single mattress. And the two of us were on it, like top and tail. It was so funny. And we'd be like, how'd you sleep last night? And we'd be like, shit. <laughs> Me and Noelia, we used to be sleeping in the roof. But we'd get up in the morning, we'd be like, yeah, but look at the view. And then we'd have our coffee and our banana and bread. What was we, like, cause I told you before, like, the, um, the food you'd get there would just be basic. Like, it'd be cheese, bread, eggs, um, coffee. And we'd kind of take turns making the food. It was lovely. Really nice. Um, but yeah and like and then we had to shower outside so there was like a tap outside and you'd be standing in the lava rock showering Um, yeah so very basic you know but it it gives you appreciation of accommodation then you know for like housing you know where you live and da 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 
But yeah, it was amazing. And then in the morning, some mornings, then the school bell would ring and we'd be like, oh, shut up. Like the, the bell would be going off and we'd be like, what is that? And we'd, and there'd be like a microphone in the school and they'd be like, okay, students line up. And me and Noelia would be in the tent, like blocking our ears and we'd kind of just end up laughing about it. But yeah, we didn't have the best sleeps, but we enjoyed ourselves immensely, immensely. Um, and luckily, like it used to get cool at night, so it wasn't too hot in there, you know. Um, but we had fun. We had a lot of fun. And so, yeah, we went uh, snorkeling at that spot and um, it was really cold water. Like, I remember going in and I was like, flip, it's freezing. And huge currents. Like, at one point, like, I got caught in the current and I was like, I'm actually going to be taken out to sea. Like, yeah. And then again, like, mangrove forest. So they're, they're like, like so important mangroves. Like, they're really important habitats for wildlife underwater and all that sharks. Um, and uh, we saw rays, like huge rays under the water, uh, mantha rays, and just massive like, so you do a bit of free diving there and go down and have a look. But again, like not to be too close. You don't want to disturb the marine life. And um, yeah, it was really cool. So then another day, we went up to the highlands with one of the locals. So we were couch surfing. So basically we got to know like loads of the locals and they were so lovely. And um, we had like really cool nights with them. Like we had a barbecue night where they brought in fresh, uh, fresh tuna. And as I said, like, you know, the big industries there are like fishing, farming and tourism, basically, you know. And, you know, it's just amazing that like they just go out and get the tuna that day and like it did be enough to feed like you know 20 people like you know and we kind of had a tuna as well like a sashimi stuff and yeah it was just really nice um and just getting to know the locals and their way of life and their work and they do heavily rely on tourism so yeah it's amazing and we had a barbecue night and yeah just eating together having fun and getting to know all the local culture and then one of the guys brought us up to the highlands we went up in a taxi one day we had our lunch in town we left in a cab we went all the way up we stopped at a farm we checked out their fruit and their animals then we went up to another area where there was big trees we did um uh we were picking avocados and all sorts all sorts it was so much fun and um then we had like bicycles and we, what did we do then? Yeah, we cycled down to these other kind of farm. Oh, there's a bee here. So we cycled down to this farm that had like papaya trees because I kept saying papaya was my favourite fruit. Like I used to be eating papayas all the time in Brazil and Mexico. I used to be buying them every day. Like I was mad. I don't know how I'm surviving without them. Um and basically yeah we went to this farm it was so funny and one of the guys like um he brought ricardo he brought us into like the tunnel there as well just class again like these tunnels underground and he showed us where the papaya trees were me noelia we like climbed up on top of each other to the tree like i was holding her up by her legs and she was grabbing the papayas and they were literally falling on us and i was like throw me up now so i went up then and like one of them was half on the branch and it fell down and you know like a papaya like it's really like um kind of mushy and like the thing just fell down and smashed all over my arm i was destroyed like 
I was destroyed. And then it's like, you know, you're on the equator line, so it's boiling hot sun. And it was just all over my arm and my leg. <laughs> I was like, yuck, get it off me. And I was all like sticky and stuff, you know. I was like, let's go to the ocean. But yeah, that was fun. And um, then we went up to see like a piece of land that he was kind of working on. And we had like slashers and tools and stuff. And we clear we were clearing the ditches. Um, so that was quite fun. Bit of exercise, a bit of work. And he was also showing us... Um, yeah, just that bit of land and the local people's farms and that, and it was great. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, then we met this guy as well on a horse, and I was chatting away to him, like, and it was just so cool because he, like, he wouldn't have even met like tourists or nothing, like not in this area, like it's so isolated. Um, and yeah, it was really interesting. And he was like, "You could come up and work here with me with my horses," and I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> whenever yeah next time um and then something else funny happened we were on the road and a, a jeep stopped like people are so funny there. they're so nice so friendly you know the islander lifestyle and they put down their windows and they were like do you want a beer and they were like handing us like bottles of beer and we were like okay and there we were cycling down the road with bottles of beer it was so funny i was like what is going on like one minute we're climbing avocado trees then papaya trees next thing a jeep stops gives us beers then i meet a man on a horse who asks me to work on his farm he's never met like a tourist in his life um this was really funny uh, great day out great adventure day um yeah so that was quite fun so one of the really cool places i visited there was called los tunneles and it's kind of like a day trip out from the town. So basically what it is, is like these lava bridges. So again, formed from the volcanoes and then it like swooshed out into the sea. And, you know, it met the cold water and formed these kind of um, volcanic rock kind of connection bridges. And it's so cool. Like, so basically this is like really black, like lava like structures where you can actually kind of walk on. And then, like, there's loads of bird life there, blue-footed boobies, their nesting sites, so cool. And um, they also have between them, like, these, like, underground, like, um, kind of little caverns and just a haven for marine life. Like, insane. Like, it was class. So, like, we did, like, a trekking kind of on the lava bridges first, where we observed different birds and their nesting sites. Um, obviously also without disturbing them as usual just observing um, and then uh, like you wouldn't be walking on your own or anything anywhere really up there because it's um, it wouldn't be stable stable and as well it's designated national park so you do need a guide you can't just arrive out there and go for a wander you know and then you've all these cacti that kind of survive there as well as again like you know there's not a lot of um uh, I suppose plant life that can survive in arid, barren, lava-like landscapes, you know. So it's just what is adapted to that environment. And the cacti just, it works, you know. Kind of like lava cacti. Because, you know, there's like bare, soil doesn't really, like it's like this really hard rock. So that's basically what it produces. Um, and then we got to do the snorkeling underneath, like the bridges and like observe all these turtles. And then we got to go into this like cavern. Um, so the white tip reef sharks and um, they had, um, I think it was nurse sharks, if I remember correctly. I must look back on my videos, actually. Um, and we just got to, um, the guy was like, look, so 
I'm here. He was like, dive down there. And he was like, I can hold your life jacket if you want. Or not my life jacket. I had something on me, I can't remember. Or I actually think we might have got wetsuits because it was so cold. I'm trying to remember now. But yeah, we might have had wetsuits actually. And he was like, I can hold on to the back of you if you want so you can make your way out of the cave. Because like, you had to like dive down and you could go in. And I remember going in and there was like, oh, I don't know, must have been like 10 sharks in there. And you're like, I was eye to eye with them. I was like, this is class. This is amazing. But obviously some people were terrified and they left. <laughs> but I was like, no, I want more. I want more. But like it is, it can be a little bit freaky. Like, you know, like obviously the guide is there and he's educating and telling. So that's fine. But like, you know, when you, I was going around snorkeling then on my own. And he was like, stay in this area. And like, do you know when you're like going through a cavern and there's like a shark and then you're on your own and you're like, oh, like, is this normal? Is this the right shark? You know, you're just kind of hoping for the best. That's why it's so important. To, like, if you understand the species and what they look like, you, you kind of feel, well, I feel more safe when I when I know the species about it and, you know, what it's capable of and how it defends itself if it needs to. Um, but yeah, so after that, anyway, the sharks, that was pretty class. Um, we snorkeled on and went through under the bridges and then we eventually got to the seahorse kind of area. And we got to see seahorses. Like, amazing. I couldn't believe it. And, like, the way they hold on as well, like, underwater. Like, as the currents in the Galapagos, like, there is a few currents. So, like, you can get these really strong currents. Like, I was like, how is that seahorse even holding on? And it's actually really hard to spot a seahorse. Like, I only ever saw them in Belize, Belize and the Galapagos, I think. Just those two spots, I think. They're really hard to find. Um, and they're so beautiful. You're like, is that even real? Like, I thought, at one stage, I thought, is that real? <laughs> I was like, did they just put that in the water? Is that fake? You know, because it's like, you never see them. And they just look so delicate. You're just like, how does that even move? You know, and then it moves. And you're like, oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, really cool. And amazing to see. And then we got back on the boat. We had a gorgeous lunch. Um fresh fruits from the island and then as usual they just they provide fish and that was cool and we got to observe these like big rocks on the way back as well with like splashing waves and all of that and as well um one one of the nights as well on the island so that was um Los Tunales so if you ever go there go to that site it's incredible and go see the sharks um but on the um on the main island, one night we were coming in as well off a walk or some evening exploration and there was like all this like commotion going on and I was like, what's going on? Because like we didn't really go out there, like we used to just, you know, explore for the day and it was so hot as well. So like then we'd come in at night, we'd have a shower, cool off and then go back out for dinner and then kind of go to bed early because our, our school bell would go off in the morning. So like we knew that. <laughs> kind of funny. But um. One night then we came in there was like all this stuff going on in the town and we were like, is there a party or something? We were like, what's going on? No idea what was going on. And then eventually we realised there was this massive barbecue. So it was like Dia de los Pescadores or something like that, you know, like Fisherman Day. So basically all the fishermen, it was like a celebration day for all the fishermen. Um, so it's very like, it's in the ancestry there that like, you know, you'd become a fisherman and it's part of the livelihood. So like we were, they were celebrating the fishermen, so all the dinners they were making were free that night. So it was so lovely. Um, 
and like the barbecue they had was the size of like it was huge like it was meters long like the barbecue itself must have been like at least two meters wide and a few meters long as well and they were just frying or like you know uh, barbecuing like all of this different fish like and I, I don't think I've ever seen so much fish um yeah um if you're a vegan I know this might be hard to listen to but this is actually their livelihood like you know and again like when we look at adaptation of environments um and I know like people say you know fish are our friends but some people around the world like that is how they survive like those communities would not have evolved or developed or even be living without their dependency on the fish, you know. I remember once, like, there was this uh, community in the Philippines and, and they would go out and harpoon, like, one whale, you know, and it, it as hurtful as it sounds, like, they would take one whale and it would feed the village for, like, you know, three or four months, you know. Whereas, like, then you look at whalers and, like, like when I, when I talked about the Antarctica and... And they would have killed like 70,000 humpbacks in one year alone. That That's just one species of whale as well. Like, it's a completely different story, you know. Um, but yeah, and, and actually what's interesting about the Galapagos, like the first people that arrived were whalers and pirates, you know. Um, again, man looking to dominate and rule and, you know, take over land and take over species and, yeah, all of that. And as I said before, like the tortoise was used as fuel, would have been kept in the basement of the ship as they're like, you know, incredibly adapted to holding water and food. The tortoise up to like six months, up to a year, they can do that without eating or drinking. It's amazing, like. So they were a great source of, um, you know, food for the pirates or the whalers and all that, you know. So yeah, guys, so that's pretty much Isabel Island. Um, yeah, we kind of finished that night with the whole um, barbecue with all the fishermen and we talked to the locals about their livelihoods and just the importance of the fishing, the farming, the tourism and, their, and how they live. And you do find a couple of stores there that are modern and, you know, done up and tourist agencies, but for the most part, like, it's very much... Um, you know, just really gentle people, gentle folk and then like, you know, selling their fruits and their veggies and all that. And and we would go to like local restaurants or the local um kind of market for our dinners and, you know, just a great way to get to know the locals, you know. Um, So, yeah, so that's Isabella. Absolutely beautiful place. Loads of wildlife. Serene. Um. You, you kind of want to be comfortable with not a lot going on, like, you know, or kind of, like, massive nights out and stuff like that. Like, you'd really want to be uh, okay with being in a very peaceful place. And, yeah, it's pretty amazing spot and loads to explore and adventure and really feel the, feel the Galapagos and how special they are. So in other news on the farm this week, um, I actually moved. So uh, I told you guys a little while back, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, maybe two weeks ago. I don't know, a week ago. I caught a swarm on a really high roof in the farm, um, kind of like on a container. Um, So it's quite high. I would say maybe like 
could be 12 foot high or something, you know. And literally the swarm box was there one day and the swarm was around it the next day. So it's incredible that I just got one that fast. And as I keep hearing over and over again, you do not choose the bees, the bees choose you. So this swarm has chosen me. So now they're called pink hive because they're in a pink hive, like a nuke box. Um, and this week I moved them down. So you have to be very careful because, you know, the bee, when it has its home, it's mapped its home. You know, the bee is very intelligent. Um, so if you move that home, like they're going to be completely perplexed. So there's like a rule of thumb where you can only move it a certain number of feet um, a day. Or you might need to move it away from the original site for a few weeks and then you can move it back again. Otherwise you might lose your hive, you know. So basically I got it down step by step, um, moving only a couple of feet every so often because you don't want them to get disorientated with their environments and not know where they even are. So I was like, oh my God, the other day, like I was a little bit nervous because... Like, I didn't realise how heavy it was. So there must be heaps of honey in it. And I haven't inspected it or anything like that. I just wanted them to settle. I wanted them to feel relaxed and not go into their home just that soon. So I eventually got it down onto the ladder. And then eventually it's on a stand now. But it was really hard. Like, I, like I'd climbed the ladder and it was like the minute I took it off into my arms, I was just like, whoa. Like, I was like, I actually don't know if I can lift it, you know. And I, I, I was fearing, like, I was like, imagine if the whole thing drops and opens. Oh, my God, the worst. But, you know, that when you're in that kind of mindset and you're like, no, I can do this. I can lift this. I can do it. You know, just mind over matter. I got it down eventually. And I didn't want them to feel, you know, upset as well, like, with me moving their home. But, like, at the end of the day, I did want to get them down so I can help them and, you know, uh, look after them. Um... I know they can look after themselves, but yeah, like I wouldn't be able to inspect them up that high. Um, So they're down now. I'm watching them every day, like my little best buds. And it's incredible, like absolutely incredible. So I'm probably going to like let them settle again to their new uh, orientation. So they did a remapping again when I moved it, um, which is just, it's phenomenal to see it like. You're just like, your eyes are glued to it and you're like, this is amazing. Um, yeah, I just lived on the floor, like, and I was just watching it. I was like, wow. Um, yeah, so it's amazing. And I'm happy they're happy. And, like, I've been observing, like, their pollen as well and the colours that are coming in. And it's so amazing, like, that I can, like, see the pollen on their, like, pollen backs. You know, like, they put it on the back of their legs. And I can look at it and see the colour and, like, you know, estimate what plant it's from and and every colour is identified to a different plant so you can observe the season as how it's flowering um so at the moment like the blackberry is starting to flower and yeah it's amazing um and the different colours of pollens show that they're on different plants and like who would have known that you know that's why like it's amazing just to share this um knowledge and it's not something I would have learned in school like you know so or maybe I did I forgot but yeah and yeah it's really cool really interesting and um as well like you know at night time they do this fanning thing where they cool down the hive I think I spoke about that before but like if you put your hand on the side of it and just close your eyes it's just like 
whoa and the noise like yesterday we we had like 20 something degrees so that would have been really hot for them and like they were all like I could hear them fanning from like 10 meters away like I was like what's that noise I was like is that a tractor I was like no it's the bees it's the bees so it's just like it's another world guys it's another world um if I have any advice like get into it like when you're out walking look at the pollinators look at what they're doing look at your flowering like flowering plants and think like those flowers wouldn't be there without the bee the bees help um it's fascinating and um when you drink your coffee when you eat your chocolate know that like that 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 is thanks to a pollinator you wouldn't really have it otherwise you know um so yeah I hope you find that interesting. I find it so interesting. And I will inspect it, but as I said, I won't be doing the podcast for the next uh, two weeks um, as I will take a break (laughs) and um, I'll be back again and have some updates. And in the meantime, like if anybody wants to message me or let me know how they're finding the podcast, um... Or if you would like to write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would love that. It really helps me. And of course, becoming a patron is like the ultimate um, uh, wonderful thing that can happen. um, Because it does help provide an income for my work. And um, obviously it's hard to build followership and patrons and all of it because, you know... It is something free and of course like there's so much information out there that is free and I understand all that but if you do believe in my message and would like to support um, and would like to buy me a coffee then yeah the Patreon is a great way so thank you to all of those who have supported me so far this year Um, it's been a long way since January and um, I can't thank you enough and especially the patrons like I I, I might have even lost like interest if you know like because it's amazing doing it but like when you know that there's a community behind you backing you and they're contributing it makes it all the more worthwhile and for me to choose this as work instead of another avenue um, yeah it just makes it really worthwhile and I just can't thank you enough and I hope that I have added some value to uh, your mindset and and your well-being maybe and um, I know the pandemic hasn't been easy and there's still stuff ongoing Um, but what I always say is chaos leads to calm and we do need a bit of a rustling in how we're living so in one way I am grateful for it because I was at the point where I was just I was just so upset at times with how we were living and just like disgusted at how we treat nature you know like it's just some finite like just something you can just throw away like the throwaway culture and all that like you can't like like a tree a tree that's like 300 years old you chop that like you're talking about another hundred few hundred years like you know um but definitely awareness is growing interest is growing and I'm so glad for all of that and I just want to say to all of you who have 
um, listened in. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen in, to gain awareness and to come with me on all of these adventures and journeys. Um, I really appreciate it. And you've helped me uh, pave this journey and develop the podcast and all of it. So thank you again, guys. Um, I do wish you a lovely uh, start of July. I think today is July 1st, I think. Yes. Um, And I wish you a beautiful day. An absolute lovely weekend. And if you do miss, (laughs) if you miss me, if you miss my podcast or any of the stories or anything like that, um, you always have my Instagram. Um, You can throw me a message if you like. I'm open to that. And um, what else? I have my email. And as usual, um, my book, in case you did want to get a catch up on any adventures or photography, um, the book is available on the website. As always, uh, again, dedicated to the planet, the resilient planet we share. And um, it is also in local shops here in Cork. And um, yeah, and I will talk to you all soon. And patrons, I will see you over on the Patreon website or the app. And I wish you all a gorgeous uh, start of July, a beautiful day. Get out into nature, observe the pollinators and uh, yeah, stay adventuring and stay earthing. Ciao, guys.